Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It's brand new Flyers Daily for the 28th of June. 2023 NHL draft happening tonight. We're going to get to Bill Meltzer and his Meltzer mock draft for the 2023 NHL entry draft in a couple of moments. But first and foremost, a couple of news and notes uh, of pretty significant proportion. Uh, The Flyers did announce their schedule. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, Usurping that and leading us off here on Flyers Daily is the fact that the Flyers traded Kevin Hayes to the St. Louis Blues. Now, we'd heard about all these different deals that were possible over the weekend. Uh, with Travis Sanheim, Tory Krug wouldn't waive his no-move clause. Bill and I talked about that in Monday's episode. But a deal does come to fruition. Kevin Hayes goes to the St. Louis Blues in exchange for a sixth-round selection in the 2024, tonight's and tomorrow's, NHL entry draft. And Kevin Hayes uh, collected 157 points in his 253 games over four seasons as a flyer, 63 goals, 94 assists, 157, and he set career highs in games played in the season, 81, assists with 36, and power play points, 16 in shots with 209 during the 22-23 campaign. And the Flyers acquired Kevin Hayes. They actually acquired him via trade. He was a pending UFA, but they traded to Winnipeg for him, who traded to get him from the New York Rangers, and the Flyers ended up signing him to this contract. They retain 50% of the contract with St. Louis, and I know that Flyers Twitter is in full-blown meltdown mode. At least some of them are. Now, here's the deal. When you are going through a rebuild in the NHL, when the GM comes out and everybody applauded when the GM came out and Dan Hilferty came out and uh, Keith Jones came out and said, we are in a rebuild. We are open for business. When you are open for business, it means that you're going to be selling some pieces that aren't on the other side of your rebuild part of the plan. And when you're selling those pieces, a lot of times they are pennies on the dollar. Saw the same thing just happen with Nashville, trading Ryan Johansson with 50% retained. The return for these players in this situation is not going to be commensurate with the production perhaps that they can give. You're talking about Kevin Hayes, who's got three years left on his contract at $7.1 million. The Flyers free up just over $3.5 million. And they are retaining, so they take up one of the retention slots of three for the remainder of that term that Kevin Hayes has on the deal. You know, getting a sixth round pick back, you're not going to get a good return. Some people say, well, you know, he needs to stay here, make nice with torts, and trade him at the deadline. Well, a player with that kind of term on a contract at that kind of number is not going to be a move that happens at the deadline. Those moves with that kind of term and that kind of number don't happen at the deadline, number one. Number two, he's coming off a career year. His stock is not going to get higher. He is not going to get younger. He is not going to get faster. And it's very likely he's not going to have and wouldn't have had with the Flyers as productive of a season, statistically speaking. So when you make the decision to rebuild— and you make that decision that this player is not part of our rebuild, this is what it looks like. It is not pretty all the time. It is not going to be home run trades when you're trading off pieces that other teams know are not going to be a part of your rebuild. 
The other general managers in the NHL are not Helen Keller. They are aware of the Flyers' situation. They are not going to do you any favors. And when you are doing this and tearing some pieces down, or as Torts put it many times, subtracting, you are not going to get primo returns. Some people say, well, send him to the AHL. He's coming off statistically his best year in the league. You do not send him to the AHL and try and free up money that way. It's just not what you do. Some people say, well, Wayne Simmons was sent to the AHL. David Backus was sent to the AHL. Wade Redden was sent to the AHL. Yeah, when their career, when their best days were so far behind them and they were shot. Wayne Simmons had 17 points in 72 games two years ago. This past year in 18 games, he had two points. He's not a viable NHL player. Wade Redden, when he was sent down, was 35 and totally shot. Same with David Backus, was 34. So it's not a comparable. And you don't want to send players that are in the same viable capacity as Kevin Hayes, who was an all-star last year and had his best statistical season, down to the AHL. That's a surefire way that when free agents— are considering the Flyers, that they're going to go, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to come there and then be sent to the buses a couple years in. Not going to happen. So they trade him. You move on. Kevin Hayes was a great guy to cover, a great guy in the locker room. That was not the issue. Did he get along with John Tortorella 100%? Absolutely not. There were elements of Kevin Hayes' game that Torts knew he could not change. I remember he said to us early in the season, there's earlier in my career, I would have died on the hill with certain things with Kevin Hayes. But I know at this point, I'm not going to teach that old dog new tricks. But he's got to meet me halfway. And at points, Kevin Hayes did meet towards halfway. And other points, he didn't. But it was a pleasure to cover Kevin Hayes through his tenure here in Philadelphia. I wish him the best in St. Louis. Craig Berube. And we'll see how, what he can do with Kevin Hayes. But for the Flyers... You move forward. You cannot get caught up in the return for players like Kevin Hayes. You can get caught up on a 26-year-old Travis Sanheim if he's traded or a 26-year-old Ivan Provorov, which already happened. You got to see how they deploy this extra cap space, if they weaponize it, what they do with it, how it plays out in total. But the outrage over the return for Kevin Hayes, I know it's sticker shock at first. It's like freaks you out. Think it through. When you're rebuilding and you're open for business, there are certain players that every team in the league knows are not part of your future. I mean, John Tortorella made it pretty clear about Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes made it clear about Kevin Hayes at his exit interview that he wasn't going to be here and he wasn't long for Philadelphia given the situation. All of that said, that's going to affect any leverage you have as well. So we move forward. Best to Kevin Hayes. Flyers schedule came out. The preseason schedule came out a couple of weeks ago. All said and done, here's the uh, numbers on the season. Flyers will start the season on October 12th against the Columbus Blue Jackets. They also have 12 sets of back-to-back games. They had 15 back-to-backs last year. Uh, back-to-back on the road where both are where both games are on the road. They have that four times. A road game followed by a home game the next day twice. And back-to-back home games three times this coming season, and a home game followed by a road game the next day three times as well. 
All said and done, October 12th through April 16th, season will be 188 days, and last season lasted 183, so five more days to the season. I think that's a good thing. Maybe that's why you see that number down to 12 sets of back-to-backs from 15 the year prior. So we'll see Connor McDavid very early in the season, part of the first homestand, and uh, you can check out the full schedule at philadelphiaflyers.com. But it is draft night, and what happens tonight? Will the pick at number seven be Matvey Michkov? Will the pick be earlier? Will the Flyers move up to four or five or and pick Matvey Michkov or pick Ryan Leonard or Zach Benson? Or are we going to get a curveball in this draft? Where does David Reinbacher go? All those things. So let's talk to him right now from PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. It is Bill Melter to talk about his mock draft and the draft tonight. Bill, draft night is here. I know you've been pouring over the mocks, and here's where we're going to start. I'm seeing a lot of reports. Bob McKenzie, our old buddy Bobby Margarita, has predicted that the Flyers will be the team that drafts Matvey Michkov. You were at the press conference last week with Danny Briere and Brent Flair, and uh, they said they were going to set up a meeting, get to know the man's family, the young man's family, and they've talked to teammates, coaches, and all kinds of people. They've certainly done a lot of due diligence here. Ken Hudikoff has gotten eyes on the player. Do the Flyers end up tonight after the seventh overall pick taking Matt Vey Michkoff? Well, uh, Bob McKenzie has more connections than anybody, including pretty much every director of scouting in the league. Yeah. Um, I, I, I still I still kind of have doubts that, that he makes it to number seven. Mm-hmm. Um it all depends on Benson, doesn't it? It, it, it? And Leonard. Yeah, Leonard. Len, Leonard. Leonard's a Leonard's a big piece here, and that that's a guy who, if you if you could take a, a central casting flyer plus, uh, you know that. I mean that that that's Leonard in a lot of ways. Plus he has speed. He yep. you know he's uh, and and a, one of the best shots in the draft. I mean you know personally speaking. If Michkov isn't there, to me, Leonard would be my number one choice personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then the, there's other there's other quality guys there: Dalbor, Dvorsky, uh, Reinbacher. If you want to take a D, um, Zach Benson, maybe. Um, you know, there, there's there's other guys. Um, there's a couple other defensemen who some some organizations like almost as much as Reinbacher, but maybe you could trade down in, in those cases. But in, at any rate, to me, if Michkov is there at seven. And you have a potential grand slam home run served up to you. I think I think you have to take that swing. Yeah, I do. I, I and talking to Danny for the podcast and hearing his media availabilities and hearing how much due diligence they're doing on the young man, provided that there's no red flags. Yeah, it sounds to me like if he's there, he's going to be a flyer. And, and you know the part about thing about that, Bill, is it's really exciting. But when does the player get here? You know what yeah. I mean? That's that's the big that, that, yeah. That that to me is, and I I think that I think that the fears that were going on leading up to this week, somewhat on is he going to come over at all? I, I think I think there's a, that's been put aside. I, I think well, I he's think attending people, the draft. He's coming over. That that means he intends to come over. Yeah, but is he going to hold out on on? Well, we'll see. I might come over in three years. We'll we'll see. Um, you look at what Kaprizov did. That was a five-year wait for Minnesota. Yeah. That was a fifth-round pick. 
And so it's a little easier to wait five years on a, on a fifth round pick. But they they were disappointed when he didn't come over initially either. He signed an extension in the KHL. Um, you know, can you can you wait five years? You know, that, that that's tough. Uh, and that that's something that I think might drop him if he kind of if his answer in the interview is well, uh, I might come over in three years. I'll have to see. I'll have to see in two. What my yeah. what my plan is. Then then the risk factor goes up just. Just because you know, there, there's a chance any general manager five years is an awful long time to plan out. He might be somebody else's player by then. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's a little bit too long term of an outlook. You know, that, that's like you got five years as a GM. If the guy's not even getting over here for that, your first first round pick, which is very important, the one that sets the stage. With him, though, I mean, with what's going on in Russia, you never know. I mean, he could be out of there maybe even quicker. You just don't know at this point. Yeah. Yeah, so, and, and that's the other part of it too is that sometimes you can negotiate the players' release sooner. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah, it, 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 a lot of X factors. Um, I think Arizona is going to be an important team tonight, Bill. There's been some word that maybe they like Reinbacher. You know, we've heard that Montreal likes Benson, but again, this is information that's all out there with an agenda. A lot of it sometimes is smokescreen. Yeah, we really like yeah. this guy. Not intending to take him at all, but they're yeah. they're building up the hype. If you want him, you got to trade up with us to get him. You know, all that's in play tonight. And the way the NHL is moving and shaking here in the bunch of days now leading up to the NHL draft, I mean, who knows what's going to happen down there? Uh, sure, and and uh, and there's a Flyers component to that too. Yep you you, you really talk up Meechkov, and legitimately right, but uh, let, let's say let's say Leonard is your guy. And and uh, or or you know or Reinbacher is your guy, and you just then uh, you know if Washington just just really 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 wants Meechkov, they put out the pieces to leapfrog the Flyers. They, I don't think they trade up one spot. They, they would they trade to be over the Flyers, and then suddenly another guy you like slips to you at seven, and that 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 that's a piece of putting that out there too. If uh, somebody jumps over you and grabs Meechkov, then somebody else you like is there. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. We, we're in agreement Bedard's going one. Are we in total agreement, Bill, that Fantilli's going two? Is there a chance Carlson could go here? You know, I mean, and it's funny. There, there's a couple a couple dissenters on Carlson even. Um, they're my, my old friend Grant McCagg, who used to be a Montreal scout and, and now uh, now he runs recruits. Um, he's, he's, not a, he's not a Carlson guy. I think he has him six or seven. Um, in, in his, in his ratings and, and thinks he's, thinks he's more of a, a winger than a center ultimately. And then quotes a couple of NHL scouts who think along those lines too. But I think the consensus is that, that Carlson is number three. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but I, I think, I think the, there's some variability in the order. Um, you know, when, in, in the mock draft that we're, we're doing for, uh, on PhiladelphiaFlyers.com. I thought, you know, I thought about, okay, well, what if, uh, okay, Michkov, Michkov goes early, right? Michkov is not there at number seven. Well, where's Will Smith go? Mm-hmm. Is that and, Montreal, and, and, right? Yeah, yeah. Does, does Will Smith go to Montreal? Does even though, even though, even if it's true that the Coyotes are really like Reinbacher, now all of a sudden Will Smith is there for you at six. Does that does that change the? That changes the direction. You go, okay, well, we we can't we can't pass on Smith here. Have have to take him. So it's uh you know that it's it's always really cool to see how how the draft shapes up. 
And at some point, there, there's going to be some surprise picks. And yeah, this year, for, for all the talk of, of Michkov, there's four Russians that could go in the first round. Wow. And there's a there there's a kid who I, I did I did another mock draft on hockey bus and I wasn't even planning on taking him twenty second, but he was there twenty second. A guy by the name of Daniil Boot, and that that's a guy who his rankings are all over the place based on how much you viewed him um, because he played in the the MHL, which is the junior league. So and, and Russia's banned from you know, the double IHF. Um, events so you know you, you got a guy who said not on tv it's not not that easy to find tape on but you have some scouts who love him to the point they have him in their top 10 and he's six foot five um 205 pounds uh a really adept stick handler and supposedly has great hand now i've never seen him other than other than some highlight clips and i, I always view highlight clips uh with a degree of skepticism because they're, they're hand-picked that, that might not be as average. It might not be how he plays game in and game out. It, it might be a standalone play. He only pulled off once all year, but you know, so you you never you never fall in love too much with the sizzle reel. It, it's nice to actually see a see a guy play, and even even professional scouts who only get to watch a guy on video. Um, how how you know how good is the video? What are the camera angles? You know, how much can you pick up what's away from the play? Because mm-hmm. so so much of what scouts do was actually watch the whole ice and not just zoom in on on uh, body language, the, demeanor, all that. Yeah, all, all all those things. But those who like him, uh, and one of the things the recruits has in there is close to Scott. He said, "I saw a couple of his games, and I swear to you, he looked like Malkin." Wow. So I uh, so that that's one of those swing for the fences guys who you haven't seen much of. You you love the the physical attributes that the player has. Where does he go? Uh, you know, the, how much risk tolerance do you have? Because there, there certainly is a, there certainly is a swing and a miss risk, and there's a risk of he doesn't come over for five years. And then there's two defensemen. Um, there's one Shemeshev, who um, many have said, and people that I trust have said, you know, if he if he wasn't from Russia, he'd be above Reinbacher as a as a as an all around defenseman. And then there's Goyaev, who is a more of an offensive defenseman, but might be might be the best offensive defenseman in this draft, and certainly, certainly the probably the best skating defenseman, and guy got very high power play upside. Already a regular in the KHL, didn't even turn eighteen until the second half of the season. Wow! So that that that's a guy who, you know, if you think you can bring him over, and he's he's a little he's he's a bit on the small side. He's about about the same size as a Cam York. Okay, well, where does he go? Because if he's Canadian or from the U.S. NTDP, he's probably a top half of the first round guy. Yeah. So, all you know, so that's that's three players in addition to Michkov, who their draft spot is kind of a mystery. And one thing that that I thought that Brent Flair said that was interesting because I asked him about the Russian factor in this draft beyond Michkov, and he said is he thinks that ultimately those guys end up going about where teams have them on the, the best available player thing with the, with the signability thing being a secondary consideration. So, so how, how does Tesla shake up the board and, and what, what might be available for the flyers at 22nd? That's, I can't wait to see that, honestly. Yeah. And then the other part of that is, you know, how do teams have them rated? How, how many teams have seen a lot of these players and have a comfortability factor? So yeah, that's, that's going to be, where do you have Reinbacker going in your mock? 
I have him going eighth to uh, eighth. Washington. Yeah. So Washington loses out on Michkov either to the Flyers or somebody prior, and goes and goes D there. Um, yeah. When you look at, did you where do you have Benson? Do you have Benson going top ten? Top ten. Top 10. So if the Flyers end up trading and get them to getting the ninth overall pick, they draft seven Meechkoff and nine Benson. <laughs> yeah, and, and in that case, you're drafting two wingers, which some teams would back off from doing. But if you're going going strictly best available player, I I, I think I think the Flyers' next pick might be a defenseman, um, but it, it depends depends on the board. The board falls. So at nine, at nine, you pretty much have your pick of any defenseman other than maybe one, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but there, there, there's some really good players in this draft. Uh, I mean, you look, you look at the draft of different places. Uh, you know, I, in one of the profiles I did, I think, I believe we were up to 18 or 19 guys profiled on, on PhiladelphiaFlyers.com. Um, but one, one of the guys who's profiled, um, is Kobe Barlow, who there are scouts who love Kobe Barlow. He, uh, uh, he other than uh, you know, other than Bedard, no draft eligible player in junior hockey scored more goals than Barlow, who did, who lacked who lacked a playmaking center, uh, is already a team captain, um, you know, physically a man, plays a plays a, a, a with a ton of grit, and there's still the scouts who love him really love him, and um, even though in in some rankings he dropped a little bit out of the top 10 to more in the top 14 kind of range. It wouldn't shock me if, if some teams still had him high enough that, that he goes top 10. So you have, a, you have a lot of options here. This is a year where unless you're just really reaching, it, it's kind of it's kind of hard to totally miss. Yeah. Well, it's going to be fascinating tonight. Um, and the, the wheeling and dealing. Are you expecting a lot of wheeling and dealing on the floor? Absolutely. No, I, Absolutely. And he's jumping up and jumping down and jumping all around. Uh, oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I mean, that, that's the thing when you do a mock, you can't assume trades and those kind of things. Yeah. Um, but uh, I expect a bunch of picks moving around and the flyers, right? Well, for example, might be one of those teams. If they pick up, let's say, let's say they do end up with pick number 25 from, you know, from St. Louis. Then do you do 22 and 25 to maybe move up a little bit? That's kind of what they did something a little bit like that with uh, where they moved up to 24th to get Konechny. Yep. Um, you know, you, you package a couple picks and you, you move up as because a guy a guy you really like, you know, won't be there for you in a few spots. Does 22 and t- 25 get you up to 15? Does it move you up seven spots? Potentially. Yeah. Potentially. I mean, I think that's kind of the target, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you're not going to move top 10 with it. But you yeah. you could probably move into the top half of the first round where, you know, say you like Edstrom or, or Nate Danielson or some you know, some you know or say a guy like Barlow still on the board or yeah, what well, and many defensemen uh, Tom, Thomas Vilander for example and he's there for you defenseman you really like then you know then you might you might step up and package the two picks to move up and there'll still probably be guys that, that your trade partner would like too so yeah. it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is a year where it's hard to handicap who's going to go where, other than the first two or three. Yeah, but but after after that, you you have a very good chance till you get about thirty five picks in. I say and that's, yeah. that's where you maybe are reaching for guys. Um, you know, till till you get to a point where it's a real stretch. Um, you know, Craig Button has said that that he sees twenty to twenty four 
uh, top six forwards or top four defensemen without without stretching. They're just guys who, if they develop as hoped, could could reach that level in an NHL depth chart. Now, not everyone's going to do it. Some guys will get injured. Some guys will disappoint. But just as and on the flip side, there will probably be some guys picked in later rounds who you look back and go, boy, you know, they, he slipped pretty far for a guy who's making that kind of an impact. Great so, point, the third round point. kind of thing. Yep. Yeah, Jamie, Jamie Ben in the fifth round, right? Pavelski yep. <laughs> um, in round seven. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, for the Flyers with the Flyers pick. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but it's I mean that that that's the the fascinating part of the draft. It's it's uh, but th- this being a year that's exceptionally deep. Um, next year won't be as deep, but this this year is a great year to have as many picks as you can in, in that top forty range. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Bill, this great stuff, uh, Rebuilt Mock Draft on PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, uh, also on NHL.com and HockeyBuzz.com as well. Total draft coverage there. Everybody enjoy the draft tonight. We'll talk to you coming up on Friday on a brand new Flyers Daily.